This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now, today we're going to be focusing on a couple of verses from Seneca's 14th letter on the reasons for withdrawing from the world. And I want to focus on verses 5 and 6 because this is a really interesting uh, couple of verses where he's basically talking to us about kind of the irrationality of some of our fears around death, around the death of our bodies, right? And how we are so quickly drawn into uh, the spectacle of death as a way of of fearing our death, where there are other methods that are kind of quiet and, and, uh, and, and not quite as apparent to us, but nevertheless are just as lethal when it comes to the event of our death. And, uh, and, and so I wanted to read this passage and then I'm going to actually liken it to something that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has tweeted, uh, I believe it was last year or possibly the year before, but um, it, just an interesting comparison uh, between these two, two uh, you know, people and these two ideas. So anyway, Seneca says the following, quote, Picture to yourself under this head the prison, the cross, the rack, the hook, and the stake which they drive straight through a man until it protrudes from his throat. Think of human limbs torn apart by chariots driven in opposite directions, of the terrible shirt smeared and interwoven with inflammable materials, and of all the other contrivances devised by cruelty, in addition to those which I have mentioned. It is not surprising, then, if our greatest terror is of such a fate, for it comes in many shapes, and its paraphernalia are terrifying." For just as the torturer accomplishes more in proportion to the number of instruments which he displays, indeed, the spectacle overcomes those who would have patiently withstood the suffering. Similarly, of all the agencies which coerce and master our minds, the most effective are those which can make a display. Those other troubles are, of course, not less serious. I mean, hunger, thirst, ulcers of the stomach, and fever that parches our very bowels. They are, however, secret. They have no bluster and no heralding. But these, like huge arrays of war, prevail by virtue of their display and their equipment. End quote. So, as far as I can tell, what Seneca is trying to get across here is that there are some fears that are actually made so much worse, right, because of the display that the thing we fear gives off, right? Whereas there are many other things that we might equally be afraid of if we could see their display, but we don't see their display, you know? So, that's why he makes that contrast, and he says, you know, I love this. He says, think of human limbs torn apart by chariots driven in opposite directions, of the terrible shirt smeared and interwoven by inflammable materials, and of all the other contri- uh, contrivances uh, devised by cruelty in addition to those which I've mentioned. So he's talking about all of these horrifying ways that you could die, you know, at the hands of the torturer or at war. And he's, and he's saying, you know, we can think about these and of course you would be afraid of, of kind of that, that way of dying. But then he says that, uh, you know, those other troubles are of course not less serious, meaning hunger, thirst, ulcers of the stomach, etc. You know, so he's saying, 
listen, there's many ways that you could die. Not all of them are as showy, right? But you just don't see the ones that aren't quite as as uh, provocative as the ones that you might see in, say, the Colosseum. And so there's kind of a, an irrationality about the way that we see the world because uh, because ultimately we are drawn into the things that stand out to us. We are drawn into those 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 fears of those things that that seem to be more dangerous because they they appear to be more dangerous, but really uh, they're not quite worth the fear that we give them. And I was reading this and I was thinking, you know, it really reminds me of uh, a, a tweet that Neil deGrasse Tyson sent out. This was in 2019. I'm looking at it now. And he got in quite a bit of trouble for this tweet uh, by the, the, you know, by the mob, you might say, uh, for saying pretty much exactly the same thing that Seneca said all this time ago, right? So uh, he, he, he actually sent this out uh, pretty close to when there had been two mass shootings in America. One was in Ohio, one was in Texas, I believe. And, and this is what he said, quote, In the past 48 hours, the USA horrifically lost 34 people to mass shootings. On average, across any 48 hours, we also lose 500 to medical errors, 300 to the flu, 250 to suicide, 200 to car accidents, 40 to homicide via handgun. Often our emotions respond more to spectacle than to data. End quote. So whether or not you think that he tweeted that out too soon after the event or not, uh, you can see that he's actually saying the exact same thing that Seneca said all this time ago, which is to focus on this fact that... that so many of our fears are somewhat irrational because when you really analyze the situation, you realize that what you're afraid of is the show. You're afraid of the spectacle of the thing that, that you're viewing, right? Not necessarily uh, it's, it's, it's I, I guess, statistical likelihood that it would happen to you. And, uh, and that's a really important lesson to learn about the way that we see the world, right? Because uh, so often what happens is we're, you know, especially if you're guided by the opinion of the mob, you're afraid of what they're afraid of because they're afraid of the things that are, that are you know, most in view at the moment. And if we bring it back to the title of Seneca's letter here, you know, on the reasons for withdrawing from the world, you see, okay, now I understand. Because what Seneca is trying to say is that if you're influenced by the opinion of the mob, well, you're going to be afraid of what they're afraid of. And what they're afraid of is the thing, as I said, that is most spectacular at the moment, is the, that, is, that is the most horrifying and in sight at the moment. And, and we need to distance ourselves from that opinion so that we can see things for what they truly are. And I'd like to make a side note here as well, because one of the things that Seneca is talking about is the fact that you know, there are all of these kind of silent killers that work slowly on us over time uh, as well that we don't really fear, we don't really recognize or even see, but we'll very quickly fall into hysteria uh, over the, the, uh, the more glamorous in the worst sense uh, events that might happen to us. And you can see this in our lives at the moment as well, you know, people very afraid of at the end of their life having 
having a heart attack or, um, you know, some disease or, you know, just afraid of death in general, that event of death at the end of their life and, and afraid of not being able to live long enough uh, to experience the life that they want to live. And I've often had these conversations with people and I, I sometimes say, okay, well, look, what if, what if, you know, there was a magic pill that you could take that would, you know, add years onto your life, that would reduce your risk of cardiovascular diseases, you know, that would uh, reduce your risk of um, all of these terrible things that could happen to you at the end of your life uh, drastically uh, and really improve your you know, your, your, your lifestyle, you know, what if there was that magic pill, would you take it? And of course they say yes. And, and, and you kind of think, well, okay, well, there, there is a, a magic pill. It's, it's a little bit of exercise every day, uh, better quality sleep and more of it. And, and on top of that, uh, better choices in your, in your diet, you know, that's the stuff that's actually going to keep you healthy and, and far away from those silent killers that don't seem so spectacular to us, like, uh, you know, uh, improper nutrition over your life and not enough exercise. These things do kill you faster, uh, but we don't notice them because they happen slowly and over long periods of time, not in a giant spectacle. And so, you know, this is another reason why you, you might want to withdraw yourself from the opinion of the mob, right? And come back to the reasoned perspective, which is that, you know, there are so many things that could kill us. There are so many ways uh, or things to be afraid of, right? But, but what are the things that we might not be looking at that are still there working away, right? Uh, but because they're not as showy, we don't quite see them. And it's just, it's, it, more than anything, it's an interesting meditation that I'd like you to engage in. Just to think about the fears that you have, you know, think about the things that really bother you or worry you. And, you know, are you worried by these things because they are genuinely more likely to happen to you or because they are genuinely worse than other options of things that might happen to you? Or are you just afraid because they put on a good show, as Seneca might say? You know, that's something to really think about and it can show you just how much you are governed by the hysteria of the mob or by the general opinion of certain events. And, uh, and, and it can really help you to bring yourself back to a, a kind of state of uh, a little bit more equanimity where you don't immediately fall into, as I said, the hysteria of the mob, but you can, you can step back and look at things from a different perspective and look at things for what they truly are. So... Apart from that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you take a few things away from it that'll be of use to you. And uh, I'll talk to you next time.